Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of Teeing Off on this Wednesday, August the 9th. It's PGA Week, the tour announced some big changes to the schedule, Steph Curry had an impressive debut, and Hideki Matsuyama won his third event of the season on Sunday at the WGC Bridgestone Invitational. Oh, never a doubt. Masterful performance by Matsuyama. Matsuyama started the final round two shots back to the lead, but erased any doubt of his intentions with a chip-in eagle on the second, and he never turned back from there, shooting a final round 61 to tie the course record and win by five, returning him to the top of the FedEx Cup standings, knocking off Jordan Spieth. Now, no one from Japan has ever won a major, but Hideki certainly looks to be in as good a position as ever to do just that this week at Quail Hollow. Finishing behind him last week were Zach Johnson at 11-under, and Charlie Hoffman was one stroke behind him at minus 10. That's Charlie's second straight week with a top three finish. After finishing runner-up in Canada the week before, Paul Casey, Rory McIlroy, and Ricky Fowler had strong finishes as well, and will look to continue that strong play in Charlotte this week. Over on the web.com tour, Steph Curry surprised a lot of people, including myself. Despite finishing 148th and missing the cut by 11 strokes, Steph was far from embarrassing, shooting back-to-back -back 74s and showing a lot of good things in his game. Who knows if he'll do it again, but I certainly must admit that I was wrong, as were a lot of other people, but hey, I was wrong, and it was a lot of fun to watch. It was a lot of fun to follow around with to follow along with his round. It's too bad it wasn't televised, but there's enough ways now on Twitter and whatnot to follow. So it was a lot of fun to follow. It seemed like there were some pretty big crowds following him. So had a pretty good uh, turnout. All in all, there's really nothing but positives to take away from what was seen by all, including me, to be basically a publicity stunt from the outset. But Steph has some legit game. I'll give him that. So good for him. And one more thing before getting into the PGA Championship. The PGA Tour confirmed a long-floated rumor this week announcing on site at Quail Hollow that starting in 2019, the schedule will look quite a bit different. First and foremost, the PGA Championship will be moved to May, leading to the Players' Championship being moved back to March. So while there's still a lot of tinkering to be done overall with the schedule, in terms of big events, the schedule now sets up like... In March, the Players' Championship, April, the Masters, May, the PGA Championship, June, the U.S. Open, July, the Open Championship, August, WGC and Playoffs, September, President's Cup or Ryder Cup. So, not only does this streamline the events and give us at least one big tournament every month from March till September, seven straight months, as opposed to having pretty much everything crammed into a three-month schedule from June, July, and August, it also alleviates the idea of having to go up against NFL or college football on Saturdays and Sundays with the FedEx Cup playoffs, which usually fall right along that time, and the ratings are usually pretty bad in comparison. Personally, I am all in on this idea. I've liked it since it was first proposed, and now that it's official, I'm a big fan. It still remains to be seen 
as I kind of mentioned, it still remains to be seen how this affects other tournaments on the schedule, but that should all be decided within the next few months. All in all, great idea. Players seem to like it. Fans should be good for the fans. Uh, pretty much a win-win. Some people aren't liking having the players in March or changing the historical aspect of having the PGA instead of the last major moving it to just after the Masters, having it in May. But if you really look at the historical aspect of the PGA, and that's your stance, the PGA was always a match play event, and they just changed it. Not just changed it, but in terms of all the other majors, it was the most recent one to be changed. So if you're going to mess with one of the majors, that's probably the one to do it with. It's already been tinkered with several times in the past. So I really like this. It uh, makes the season not shorter, but more well-rounded. Uh, yeah, just all in all, a really good idea, I think. All right, PGA. This year, the PGA is at a revamped Quail Hollow Country Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. Most notably, the site of the Wells Fargo Championship for a number of years, Quail underwent a pretty serious facelift to make it major-worthy, and from all accounts, they did a fantastic job. The course measures in at 7,600 yards. It's a par 71, and the three-hole stretch to close out each round is dubbed the Green Mile. One of the toughest finishing stretches on tour. There should be plenty of fireworks coming in. The 16th is a treacherous 506-yard par 4 that brings water into play, both off the tee and on the approach. 17 is the signature hole at Quail, a 220-yard par 3 to a semi-island green. It's basically no spot to miss it. And 18, another 500-yard par 4. Both the tee shot and the approach are flanked by trouble on both sides, leading to a severely sloped deep green. Fun stuff. In terms of style, Quail Hollow, sort of what you expect when you picture a golf course in North Carolina. The rough isn't too long, but it's Bermuda grass, so it's thick and very coarse. Uh, similar for the trees, there's not that many of them, but they're big towering ones and they can be pretty dense. Um, it's a very green course with bright white bunkers and the light brown pine straw we so commonly see in the area. It may not look that visibly intimidating on TV compared to, say, Whistling Straits, Pebble Beach, something on the West Coast, but it's definitely going to require a combination of length, accuracy, and patience to perform well this week. There's been some rain. There's expected to be more rain in the forecast, so that adds even more to the length and patience aspects. So we'll see how that plays out. The field, as expected, it's stacked. All but three of the top 115 ranked golfers in the world are in the field. Brant Snedeker, Martin Keimer, and Scott Piercy are the three that are out. That's all due to injury. As well as they have a tradition in the PGA where the top 20 finishers from June's PGA Professional National Championship will join the field as well. Last year, Jimmy Walker held off Jason Day to win his first major title. A bit of a pattern as of late as eight of the last 11 majors have been taken by first-time winners. So we'll also see how that plays out this week. The two main storylines in terms of players vying for a win, those seem to be pretty clear. Jordan Spieth, coming in after winning the Open a few weeks ago, comes in trying to become the youngest player to ever complete the career Grand Slam, or in other words, the first to win each of the four majors. As you may remember, he has done it in order thus far, winning the Masters first, then the U.S. Open, and then most recently the Open Championship. So he's looking to complete that this week, and it's really just a one-time shot. If Jordan doesn't win, then Tiger will still 
hold the record, and Jordan will be too old by next year's PGA to get it. So a little outside extra pressure on Jordan to win, but I don't think anyone puts more pressure on Jordan than Jordan. So if anything, he may just see it as a little bit of extra motivation. And the second main storyline for a winner is that of Rory McIlroy. Rory was basically already where Jordan is now just a few years ago, taking the golf world by storm and essentially being anointed the next great player. Well, Rory has slowed down a bit since, but he's also just won one major away from the Grand Slam. His one is the Masters. And Rory has performed extremely well at Quail Hollow in the past. Since 2010, Rory's finishes at the Wells Fargo have been first, a miscut, second, tenth, eighth, another first, and fourth. That's two wins, a runner-up, and six top tens in seven appearances. Mix that with his recent strong finishes at the Open and last week's WGC, and he, along with Jordan, are your two heavy favorites. Some other players I like are, of course, Hideki Matsuyama after last week's performance. Add that to the fact that he's finished 14th, 2nd, 11th, and 4th in his last four majors, and he's another guy with a legit shot to win. And I really like Paul Casey as well this week. He comes off a 5th place last weekend, an 11th and a 5th, his two starts prior to that, four top 10s in majors since the start of last season, top 10 rankings on tour in strokes gained approach, strokes gained tee to green, scrambling, and bogey avoidance. Paul looks ready for another weekend, at least in contention. As for a dark horse, well, Charlie Hoffman has finished second and third his last two weeks, so it's hard to say he's a dark horse, but he's not really a big name. I also like Ian Poulter, Xander Shoffley, Tony Finau, and Zach Johnson as guys a little further down the list that could contend. In terms of betting, Roy McIlroy is the favorite at 7.3 to 1. Jordan Spieth is second at 11 to 1. Hideki Matsuyama is third at 14 to 1. And rounding out the top five are DJ and Ricky Fowler. DJ's just over 14 to 1, and Ricky Fowler is 17 to 1. All right, that is where I'm going to end things today. That is it for another week of teeing off. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the PGA. Best of luck if you have any money on the line. I'm Arjun McCullough. Take care, and I'll talk to you next Wednesday.